Hello, I'm Jim Noland, and thanks for stopping by and checking out a special edition of Is That Movie Still Good? This is our special Oscar podcast. I'm going to introduce that in a minute once the pod starts rolling, but I wanted to give you guys a little heads up before we start. This is our first time recording with multiple microphones and multiple guests. We were also in a space that we're not accustomed to recording in. So a couple of things to watch out for. In the first five minutes, we've got one mic that was really quiet. It's going to all come back and fix itself, and it's all good. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by. Here we go without further ado with a special Oscar podcast of Is That Movie Still Good? This is No Land in Sight podcast production. Hi, friends. Welcome to Is That Movie Still Good? Now, we're not doing old movies tonight. Today, we are going to do our special Oscar podcast. Um, we have just finished watching the Super Bowl uh, or the Big Game. Can we say Super Bowl? Or do we have to say Big Game? Oh, we have to say we have to say Big Game. You just cost us ten grand. Come at me, NFL. <laughs> <laughs> so Nate, you heard Nate, but Nate is going to join us a little bit later because, in full disclosure, Nate has not watched a single Oscar movie. So I have a special co-host this week. She is an attorney. She is a cinephile. She is a bibliophile. She is the lovely and talented Elizabeth Alfin. Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming. It's uh, a pleasure to have you. It's very exciting. So Elizabeth and I have known each other for a while. Um, in our relationship, we have uh, always enjoyed movies. Um, we've gone to the movies a lot. We talk about movies. We have similar interests. And I ought to uh, add, because uh, we have just finished watching the Super Bowl, I mean the big game, at a big party. And so we are Thanks, we, we are in front of a live audience tonight. So uh, if you hear any craziness, uh, that, that's what's going on. So um, not to take anything away from the serious decorum of what's at hand. Um, so anyway, Elizabeth and I love movies. We've watched a lot of movies throughout our um, time together. And uh, it's a real passion and hobby for both of us. So we've worked through most of the Oscar films, and so we're going to talk about uh, what's out there and what we like and what we don't like and make our predictions. So, um, Elizabeth, let's just start. What did you think about the uh, crop of movies that we had this year? Well, I think it's an interesting um, selection. A lot of movies that I really enjoyed, a lot of movies that um, everyone really enjoyed. There are some blockbusters in this list that the Oscar selections don't always include. Right. So what do you think, uh, what did you feel like were some of the snubs this year? So one of the biggest snubs I noticed, at least uh, from my perspective, is Emily Blunt, who I thought was awesome in Quiet Place. In fact, won a SAG Award for Best Supporting Actress for that role. And she also had a role in uh, Mary Poppins, a major leading role in Mary Poppins. Yeah. But it is not on the list, so and that that's one that I definitely noticed. Well, and Mary Poppins is one that was probably the dominant role that she had, but A Quiet Place is a movie that you mentioned that is honestly one of the best movies I saw this year, and it's one of the one of my favorites, um, and it, it wasn't nominated for anything, I don't think, but um, it was... Uh, an excellent, excellent movie. Um, it so, is actually nominated for sound. Oh, yeah, sound. That's right. I knew there was some. Yeah, right, right. Mentioned for sound editing. And sometimes I wonder if um, when stars are in more than one film in a year, if that kind of works against them. Well, I think that's right, and I think we saw that this year, too, with Steve Carell, who had two great performances, uh, one in Vice and one in uh, Beautiful Boy and wasn't nominated for, for either one. And I think, like you said, Saturation, he's been in two movies. Also, um, someone like Carell, it, it's hard to get away from the Michael Scott persona and see what a great actor he really is. 
past that, uh, other movies that you saw this year that you liked a lot that we did not see uh, show up on the Oscar radar? Well, I think First Man is worth mentioning. That's one that we saw sort of later in the Oscar season. And I'm not sure that the movie itself is worthy of being in with the crop of Best Picture nominees. Uh, but certainly I think Ryan Gosling did a wonderful job in that. And I wonder if some of the controversy that surrounded um, the portrayal of historical events in First Man, the, the first moon landing, played into that. Um, but I think Gosling was, was really good, and um, that was probably a miss uh, for him not to be nominated. Yeah, I would say that's correct. Um, I think that overall, that was a really good movie. That's one of the better ones that I saw this year. And, um, you know, I, I love that movie. And the story of space exploration and the story of those astronauts is one that's never going to get old to me. Um, I thought uh, – and Damien, Damien Chazelle is one of the great young directors in Hollywood right now. Um, and so to leave that one out altogether I think is, is hard because the Academy came up with eight nominees for Best Picture, and they can come up with anywhere up to ten. And so there are some, some very worthy films I think that were left out. And, you know, we've talked about a couple just now. Um, and, you know, there's, there's some other ones that we could talk about. We could talk about Beautiful Boy. So are there any other ones that you've, you've got on your list? Well, I watched Leave No Trace sort of by accident, came across that one and watched it. And I was a little bit surprised that it didn't get any recognition at the Oscars. I, uh, I, I thought that that directing job was, was great. It was, a, it was a well done film. So I was a little bit surprised that that wasn't in there. But certainly the nomination of eight movies when there's room for ten um, leaves room for some speculation. Yeah, definitely, for sure. All right, well, let's just get right into a couple of the categories that we want to talk about. Um, we've we've kind of done a bit of a deep dive over the last few days looking at documentary features. Um, we've taken a look at Minding the Gap. We've taken a look at uh, RBG. Um, we have not gotten to see Free Solo yet, but that's one that looks really good. Um, tell me what you think about where we are with the documentary fo- the pictures. So when I watched Minding the Gap, I read the description of what this documentary was about, and I was really not expecting it to resonate with me, but I really enjoyed that one. And I think it's sort of a, it's an interesting take over some time showing these kids who are skateboarding and not going to school and, you know, perhaps making some choices that as parents we would not want our kids to take but but then really showing how that plays out in their lives and relationships over a little bit of time once they have more adult responsibilities um i thought that one was really well done i did too i thought that was a pretty amazing doc um and we're in a spot now where we um have some really great creative outlets for documentary filmmakers to showcase their skills and in places not just in the theater but also netflix and hulu and amazon um, are are fronting the money for some of these and this was one where i felt like the documentary filmmaker the director took a real long game approach and it was pretty amazing what he was able to do in terms of filming his friends documenting them growing up in this sort of bleak uh, landscape existence and you know it's it's interesting in some of the movies that we watch we talked about this about how um, we had just seen at eternity's gate with Willem Dafoe a couple of days ago and saw how um, the filmmaker kind of showed peace when uh, Van Gogh was painting 
and that was the only spot in his life where there was peace. And these kids have turmoil all about them, and they're in an economically depressed state, and there's there's violence and tragedy within their families, and yet they find this outlet in skateboarding that is their, their peace and, and their comfort. And so it is uh, – you mentioned that, that it's kind of amazing what, what we do to survive uh, when we struggle with things. So I, I thought that was a really great um, documentary. I think the other one that really bears talking about here that we saw was RBG, and I wonder uh, what's going to happen with this film because Ruth Bader Ginsburg has become this rock star of the moment. Here's this Supreme Court justice, and uh, she's this super rock star. People love her everywhere she goes, and she's adored. And I, you know, I thought the documentary was really good. I think regardless of what your political bend is. Um, I think it kind of humanized her, and you can agree or disagree with any of her decisions or dissents or opinions, but I think that you can't deny some of the impact that she's had in terms of shaping law and, and shaping what's happened in the country, and I think that's worthy of documentary subject. Yeah, I enjoyed the RBG documentary. I, I'm not sure that I really understand why and whether it's merited that she's the the Supreme Court Justice of the moment right now. Um, I certainly have all the respect for her, and I think she has. She is a wonderful example of a woman lawyer setting out to accomplish something and really making it her life's work. And by work, I really mean work because it's it's undisputed that she sleeps less, eats less, plays less than basically anybody else. She she works at it. And I have a ton of respect for, for her work and for the, the life that she's lived. But the documentary itself had a little bit of a pop culture sort of feel to it that I think probably is not the substantial piece that, that she deserves. That I'm not sure that it's factually what is reflected in her writing on the court. Um, but but I really appreciated it as a as a piece of um, pop culture. Yeah, well, and I think one of the beautiful things about that movie was how it humanized her. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the great scenes in that movie is when she is uh, they, they sit her down and let her watch SNL with uh, her being portrayed on SNL. You know, and on the weekend update segment, and she just kind of says, "I've never seen this before." And, and they ask her, is that a good portrayal? And she says, no, it's terrible, but it's really funny. Well, that was my favorite part of that documentary is where she's watching the SNL sketch of herself and giggling. And yeah. she's she's able to laugh at herself, and she sees the humor in it. She sees the of-the-momentness of it. And I've, I thought that was really great. I came away enjoying her more as a person uh, after watching that, regardless of what the political take is. So the other one that we're dying to see is Free Solo, which looks amazing. Uh, so full disclosure, we haven't seen that one. But if you had to, to guess, just taking a blind guess, what do you think should win and what do you think will win? Well, I haven't seen them all. Right. But I really appreciated Minding the Gap and how that story was told and what the filmmaker did with that documentary. Um, RBG, I think, is it's a good one. It's entertaining. Um, the other one that I thought might be a contender here is Three Identical Strangers, which right. I really enjoyed um, the story behind that one. It has a little bit of a twist. It's sort of a story that seems like you would have heard about some of their... Um, fame as it came about in the 80s yeah no i think that that was one that was a great documentary and 
that was kind of a snub in this category. And this category, I think, has one of the bigger snubs on Oscar night is the fact that Won't You Be My Neighbor, the Mr. Rogers documentary, was left out, which um, was by all rights a brilliant documentary. It made a push to get into theaters and not just be an art house film, and it was totally left in the cold on this one, and I'm kind of stunned by that. So um, anyway, uh, Mr. Rogers, not the rock star that RBG is. Um, I'm going to go ahead and predict that RBG wins this because she's the celebrity of the moment, and I think Hollywood loves her, and I think that um, the, the crowd that votes on this loves her, and I'm, I'm just going to take RBG here, and I'm going to bet that one. It's like Survivor. Correct. Outlive, outlast, out descent. That's exactly right. You got it. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's move on to another one that we've talked about. Um, and we've listened to all of these. Let's go to original song. So we've listened to All the Stars from Black Panther, I'll Fight from RBG, The Place Where Lost Things Go from Mary Poppins Returns, Shallow from A Star is Born, and When a Cowboy Trades His Spurs for Wings from Ballad of Buster Scruggs. What do you have on this one? It's 100% shallow for me. It's not even close. That's a song that I just like. It represents a bit of the movie that I just like, and it's one that I go back and want to listen to over and over again. It is. When Lady Gaga comes in, when she first starts singing, it it is. It will give you goosebumps like the 70th time you hear it. It's so good. And I'm going to full-on tell everybody that I'm biased here. She is one of my probably five favorite people in all of entertainment right now. I, that, that song is, it's not even close. And the only one that's that's decent, you know, past that, I'll Fight is good. Jennifer Hudson is an excellent talent. Um, and I think All the Stars is a really good pop song. Um, but I don't think either of them uh, hold anything too shallow. Well, and I think I'll Fight, if I'm not mistaken, that one, I want to like that one more than I actually like it. And when I was watching the documentary film, it doesn't play until the very end. So it's not really part of the fabric of the story itself. It's sort of a theme song that represents what it's about, which, and I appreciate it for what it is, but Shallow for me is, it's a great song. It's a standalone, but it's also part of the fabric of what that movie was about. I totally agree. Totally, totally agree. Um, okay, let's go on to, do you have a spot where you want to go or do you want me to just keep running this? Do you have, do you have one you want to talk about? Keep going. Okay. All right. Because I'm jumping all over the place. Um, let's go to one of my favorite uh, categories every year, and that's cinematography, because there's nothing I love more than a beautiful movie. And in this one, we have uh, five candidates. We have Cold War, The Favorite, Never Look Away, Roma, and A Star is Born. And I think if there is a slam dunk in this Oscar season, it's Roma. That is the definition of a beautiful film. I think that's right, but I think that the favorite is a contender here. Oh, I, I, I don't disagree that it's a contender. I, I think it's a contender, but, but for me, the beauty and the black and white and the subtleties of Roma are just fantastic. Roma was a slow burn for me. I didn't love it at first when we first sat down to watch it, but it's one that has really stuck with me. I've thought about it after the fact. I've thought about the, the feelings that it evokes and the setting and its place and time that so comes through so strongly um so i i don't disagree with you on that but i think the favorite's also a contender there no i think that's i think that's totally in play in play and and the favorite is going to get some love in this oscar uh awards show um i'm looking next at costume design and we've got ballad of buster scruggs black panther the favorite mary poppins returns and mary queen of queen of scots and i can totally see the favorite taking that I think the other ones are, are contenders, but I can totally see the favorite because the costume situation in that was outstanding. 
Yeah, I I think Mary Queen of Scots though might have a an, the upper hand there. They did so much with the costuming in Mary Queen of Scots. In the favorite, the 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 dressing was sort of in the in the background part of the setting. But Mary Queen of Scots, it was sort of part of the identities of these two strong women that were portrayed in that film. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the other one you got to look at. Yeah, I think that's probably right as well. Moving on to away from the visual side of it, let's talk for a minute about the two screenplay categories and let's start with original screenplay um the favorite first reformed green book roma and vice are your original screenplay nominees what do you feel about any of those i don't really know what the criteria is for judging original screenplay but i would say green book would be hard for me to to move past on this category i i think that was a it's not a unique story but it's a unique retelling and it was positive and there's there's something great about telling a a feel-good story yeah and we've talked about a lot about watching when we talk about movies that are nominated for awards whether it be oscars and golden globes and, and the like we talk have talked a lot about movies that are art films and movies that are just rewatchable movies movies that are classically designed movies and green book is one that was just made as a as a regular movie like that's a movie that could have been made at any point in the history of movies and you could rewatch it um i think it's a great screenplay i think it, it, it is it's actually a pretty beautiful story um i think the favorite is a real strong contender here in this as well and i think roma is too just because of the buzz behind the movie but if i were given a vote I would probably go Green Book on this. Um, I just love that movie, and I just love the ability to rewatch it time and again. Like, I could go back and watch that tomorrow, sit down with my kids and watch it, whatever. And I, I love that movie. And I loved, I loved, you know, what it was about. Even though, there were, even though there are some nits to pick with it, there are people who have a problem with that movie because it was titled Green Book, and it really didn't get into what the Green Book was all about, right? Like, the, the whole idea of this book that tells you where it's safe to stay if you're black in the South in the Jim Crow era, it's referenced a couple of times, but it's not a central premise in the film. I think it could be criticized for the same reason that I'm saying that I liked it, that it makes it too easy, too palatable for, for something that, that really happened and was a not, not really a bright spot in our history. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, the next one is adapted screenplay. Uh, so we have The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Klansman, Can You Ever Forgive Me, If Beale Street Could Talk, and A Star is Born. What do you think about the ones in that category? I, I like Black Klansman a lot. I, I, would, I don't know what that's adapted from, and I don't well, know a, how you evaluate that, but I think that was really well done. So I agree. So adapted screenplay is... A screenplay that's adapted from previously sourced material. And so Black Klansman is, is adapted from the story of the character played by John David Washington in the film, who is the police officer who goes undercover and infiltrates the KKK. So because it's a true story, it's it's an adapted work. Um, because he had written oh, a book I, and told the okay, story. Okay. Yeah, so it's adapted from his book and his story. So this is like the based on a true story category. Right. Not not true story, no, yeah. It's based upon some previous work, right? Like, A Star is Born has been done several times in Hollywood, and so they're just rebooting it for, when, for when our times. When somebody makes a movie about our podcast, it'll be an adapted screenplay. That's Because <laughs> it really happened. Because it really happened. Yeah. And it's been documented. <laughs> we had the microphones. Alicia <laughs> <laughs> Keys will play you. <laughs> I can only hope. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> um, okay, so 
I'm I'm going full on Black Klansman there because I think that movie was great. I thought um, the story is awesome, and I love what Spike Lee did with that. So, um, you know, anything else that you want to think about uh, in terms of the non-Big Six categories? Because we're kind of going through some of the lesser categories before we dig into the big ones. And is there any place that you want to go, anything you want to talk about? No, I, I guess the, the one thing I would say is that um, – Netflix, having not really been a contender for years, has two on the list of contenders, and so I think that's worth mentioning. And a trend, it's it's a little bit makes these films more accessible. Roma and Ballad of Buster Scruggs were both Netflix films, and so I'm I'm pleased as a, a film consumer that Netflix is a player. I love that. I love that they're a player, and I love that, that not just they're a player, but they're considered for inclusion in these um, award shows and that they're up for these awards. And they had, um, was it Netflix last year that had Icarus that was the best documentary? Yes, so right. they they have some track record there. They had and one last year, two this year, and, and I, I love it. I love it too. I, I, I think it's kind of like what we're doing here. You know, there's more outlets for people to express their creativity and get their product out on market it's just like us like in the podcast world 15 years ago you couldn't do this and now you know we're figuring out something we want to talk about and going and doing it so it's pretty fun um okay the only other one is to talk about maybe is original score and i don't know where that goes i've listened to a couple of these i was really stunned we go back to first man that was a great score in that film and i couldn't believe that was um left out but um makeup and hairstyling uh, Mary Queen of Scots or Vice? You've seen them both. What do you feel? Well, I will say this. The only thing I liked about Vice was Christian Bale's transformation to Dick Cheney in that movie. That was amazing. And was it, amazing. That, that is powerful. That, that I think that reflects on him, and it also reflects on um, the makeup and hairstyling team Absolutely. That, that enabled him to do that. Absolutely. Like, you, you can't – he did his part in learning the speech pattern, accent – way to do hold his mouth but the makeup and hairstyling totally uh took that to the next level and made him look like dick cheney made him look like a believable dick cheney and not just him but again steve carell is donald rumsfeld um and sam rockwell is george w bush like they did an amazing job in that movie so i, I agree i think i think that was a, a strong suit for vice yeah for sure so you know, we're going to get into the big six categories now. We're going to bring Nate in, and we're going to bring um, – Nate's got a special guest with him tonight. So we've got some folks to talk to, um, and we're going to do a couple of things. So what we're going to do is we're going to discuss the, the big six categories, best director, best picture, best actor, best actress, supporting actor, supporting actress. We're going to discuss, discuss them all on their merits. Elizabeth and I are going to tell you who we think will win, who we think should win, and then we're going to bring Nate in. And we're going to do a little gambling because I've got some Vegas odds on this. Nate hasn't seen anything. And we're all going to pick our how we would bet it. And so we're going to pretend like we each have $1 to bet in each particular six categories. And then we're going to tally up the uh, scores at the end. And, and on a future pod, we'll tell you who got the most cash because, you know, playing for fun just means there's no cash involved. It's all about competition. That's exactly right. It's all about who can Christian bail themselves into, like, the perfect role. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So let's start with supporting actor, which will be the one that uh, is the first big six award that's that's given out. So we've got – You Mar- know they're going to do this at the beginning of the show. 
they always do supporting actors yes. and supporting actress right yes. at the beginning yes. of the show, just to draw you in, and then you get like two and a half hours of nonsense. Right. Can I say one thing, though, Jim, before we get into this? Am I the only person who my favorite part of the whole Oscar ceremony is when they do the, uh, what is it called, the Requiem? or the, the Oh, the In Memoriam, yeah. The In Memoriam, yeah, yes. That's like Every my part. single year I watch it and I think, I thought they were already dead. There's somebody that I think they 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 aren't already dead. Were they on this last year? Right. Yeah. That, yeah. I think you're the only one that is their favorite part. That's what I'm gonna say. Oh no, I love it. I, I love it. I'm, I'm not trying to favorite, love but I love part. it. Is it your favorite, Elizabeth? I, I love that part. Yeah, it's a great part. And it always, I mean, if nothing else makes me get a tear in my eye, that part. Always, because I think, oh yeah, they did this and that, yeah, and I love that them. And designer from like the seventies, and they're like, I can't believe she's gone. Yeah, no, yeah. that doesn't happen. Yeah. That never happens. But I do, I do kind of appreciate the recognition of some lesser FaceTime type of um, important yes. people in the in the Hollywood industry. Yeah. Also, yeah. J- just on that I same note, going to make national television. Never. <laughs> and uh, to be fair. You know, this year we had Mary Poppins and we had Dick Van Dyke at 90-some years old dancing. I thought he was already dead. Oh, I thought he was dead for a while. <laughs> Still alive. Still alive. It's almost like just information. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's the memoriam a, is more like, hey, people. That's right. This is what's going on. This is what happened when you weren't paying attention to the news. <laughs> These people are great and P.S. They're dead. dead. <laughs> they died from January 1st to December 31st, 2018. There should be a subcategory of old people that have been around 100 years who are still shockingly relevant. Right. And not should, dead yet. You should follow that up with the, can you believe these people are still alive? Yeah, well, who was right. it that we just heard the other day that was still alive? Um, uh, Kurt Russell? No, not Kurt. Uh, um, Kurt Douglas. Kurt Douglas, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still alive. 102. He had a stroke like 10 years ago. 15 yes. Years ago, but he's yeah. still alive. Yeah. Well, and we saw um, Carol Burnett on the Golden yes. Globes, and yes. she was just delightful. Yeah, Amazing. She, she still has energy. Right, sorry, I, I, I digress. No, I love what you have. What did there? Like, <laughs> it, it's we're back to the like uh, original podcast concept now. <laughs> um, all right, so we're gonna start with supporting actor, and uh, so we've got five guys here: Mahershala Ali from Green Book, Adam Driver from Black Klansman, Sam Elliott from A Star Is Born, Richard E. Grant from Can You Ever Forgive Me, and Sam Rockwell for Vice. Was he even in that movie? He was. He was W. He was W. So, to Elizabeth's point, were I giving a supporting actor nomination for that movie, I would have gone Steve Carell um, as Rumsfeld. And he was great. And, um, again, I've spoken too much about Steve Carell on this pod, but um, I I just think he is an underappreciated actor, and he was great in that role as Rumsfeld. So. Mm Um, what, so Mahershala Ali is the far and away favorite in this one. What What are your opinions about what you've seen so far? Well, I, my vote is to Sam Elliott in *The Star Is Born*. Um, I thought he was great in that in that role. It's it's a small small role, but really important. He has a lot of heart there, and I mean, I just I love him, and I thought that was a, a substantial role that he could really show what he had and. He's he's my pick in this category. Okay, I I could not agree more. I thought Mahershala Ali was great in that role, but it's a little bit of a one-dimensional and limited role, I think. Um, 
Adam Driver, I absolutely loved in Black Klansman, but he's not going to win. And Sam Elliott in Star is Born, I absolutely loved. Like you said, it's not a big role. It's not a huge role, but he plays it so well, and it's so important to the movie. Um, and, you know, Richard E. Grant and Can You Ever Forgive Me, he's a 4-1 to one odds, uh, you know, at the odds on that. So definitely a shot there. And then we've got Sam Rockwell advice. He's 25-1, to one, so... Um, and I don't think in any world Sam Rockwell's winning this award. I would give it to Sam Elliott and for the exact same reasons you said. And also because this is sort of sometimes the Supporting Actor Award is a Lifetime Achievement Award where they give it to someone who has had a great career, may have been nominated once or twice, may have been forgotten. And I, I just think he's just such an iconic guy. And uh, I, th- I think he comes away with it. So I'm going to say... Uh, so who do I think should win is Sam Elliott. Who do I think will win is Mahershala Ali. And who am I going to bet? I'm going to take the 8-1 to one odds on Sam Elliott. Um, I didn't tell everybody odds on all of this. Mahershala Ali, 1-3, to three, which is horrible odds. Adam Driver, 20-1. to one. Sam Elliott, 8-1. to one. Richard E. Grant, 4-1. to one. And Sam Rockwell, 25-1. to one. So give me Sam Elliott at 8-1. to one. Are you taking Sam Elliott at 8-1, to too? I agree. I take the box already. All right. Good deal. What, Nate, what are you taking? Well, I think to your point, I think Sam Elliott is this guy that we're rewarding for his career. Because mm-hmm. he's been nominated. I think this might be his first Oscar nomination. And, I mean, the guy's career is outstanding. And plus he did all the beef commercials. And he did Roadhouse. <laughs> yeah, he did Roadhouse. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he's done Quick and the Dead. I mean, he's always been that, like... Type of you know typecast iconic like cowboy guy with a deep voice and the best mustache in the history of Hollywood. I mean, if yeah. you're given a mustache oh, award yeah. every year, he's winning it. <laughs> I mean, it's not even close. Oscar, if there's a little Oscar statue with a mustache on it, yeah. I he mean, a he, he, no so, about it. give it to him. I I agree with you. It's like you know I didn't see any of these movies, but. He you know, actually purposely didn't. See you know, I know. You're not going to give it to freaking Adam Driver because he's Star Wars guy, right? Right, he is. Yeah, he's out. Um, Richard Grant, Sam Rockwell's good. He's he deserves one at some point. I think. Well, he won last year. He won a supporting actor last year for Three Billboards. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good that he has his. Yeah. So um, the Ali guy is good. I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen enough previews to know it's you know he's a, he's a pretty good actor. So no, I think it's Elliot's turn. Yeah. Well, and, and Mahershala Ali, he won um, the Best Actor, um, and so if he wins this one this year, what did he win Best Actor for? Uh, oh, I remember now. Moonlight, Moonlight, right? Moonlight. Yeah. Yeah. Moonlight. Yeah. Uh, so if he wins this one, it'll be the um, quickest. Turnaround for back-to-back Oscars since Tom Hanks did it when with Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. Right. Yeah. So that hasn't happened much. Jill, what are you picking this one? I'm gonna go with Sam Elliott. Okay. So across the board, Sam so, Elliott. So nobody's winning. Nobody's this making. Nobody. Making money on we're either winning or losing here. All right. All right. All right. All right. Supporting actress. We've got Amy Adams from Vice. This is such a hard category. Yeah, she's at two to one. Um, Marina. The Tavario from Roma, 25 to 1. Regina King from If Beale Street Could Talk at 1 to 2. Emma Stone from The Favorite at 16 to 1. Rachel Weiss from The Favorite at 16 to 1. I almost feel like those should be old horse racing where you could bet the field and like the 13, 14, 15 horses and That's have them all totally the, the 1A well, and the 1. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, how many of these are, I mean, A.D. Adams has an Oscar, right? I think so. I think she does. Rachel Weiss has one. Yes, she does, yes. From The um, Constant Gardener. Emma Stone has one, right? Yes. 
So I will just to address the the difference between Emma Stone's performance and Rachel Weisz's performance in The Favorite. I thought they were both wonderful. I love the film. It was one of my favorites this Oscar season. But I think Emma Stone's performance is more uh, varied. There's more depth to it. Her character is, um, you, you think she's one thing and she turns out to be another thing. And it gives rise to some interesting um, questions about what she really is. Whereas Rachel Weisz, I think, is a little bit flat. And she, she's her, her one thing the whole way through. So I would give this one to Emma Stone. But didn't Regina King win the uh, Golden Globe? She did win the Golden Globe. I'm taking Regina King. I mean, I know there's no odds on it, but I'm going to take my win. Right. I think that's... I'm going to take my my 50 cents on this one. Okay. All right. Well, so um, I think Regina King will win. Um, And I agree with you about Emma Stone uh, in The Favorite. But I'm not sure that everybody else will because I think that... Rachel Weisz's performance is a little bit more in your face, and I think that there are people for whom that would carry a little bit more weight. In the end, it's not going to matter. Those two are going to split any vote that would come out of someone who watched The Favorite and thought, uh, it's really good, I like this one, I like that one. They're neither one going to win. This is really going to be Regina King or Amy Adams. Uh, I loved Amy Adams in Vice. I thought she was great. But I don't think it's an elite level performance, you know. Well, one, she's she's Amy Adams is probably like our next chance at a Meryl Streep. I think that's right. I think you that's know, right. There's a female actress that's actually going to win tons of awards by the time we're all done and set. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna take Regina King here too. Uh, yeah. That's who I'm gonna take. Um, Joe. Yeah, as I listen to all of you, I I would I would knee jerk to Amy Adams, but. Do it. Take Amy Adams. Nobody's taking her. Let's get some skin yeah, in this. Elizabeth's at a sixteen to one right now. Let's let's I mean, let's play some ball. That you know, I love her, and I think okay. we're talking Meryl right. Streep action. That maybe she Pulls is gonna pull it off. And I th- it's totally in play. Her career as a you don't want to be in the category with her. I think that's and, totally. And just to clarify, my vote goes to Emily Blunt in A Quiet Place, but uh, <laughs> she's she's not on she's this list for some reason. Correct. Oh <laughs> Yes. Um, so, up next, we're going to go to Best Actress. Let's go that route. Um, and before we get into this, I, I want to, because we had one of the ladies from Roma who was nominated in Supporting Actress, and we have another one in, in Lead Actress. And when I was watching Roma, I thought, man, these women are delivering powerhouse performances. And I wonder if they're even going to get looked at because they were bypassed in the Golden Globes. And I wondered how much bias was going to be a part of that. But the Academy came through and rewarded both of these women with um, nominations. And I don't think either one's going to win, but the ability to, to be on, you know, on that ballot and then to have their night to show up and hit the red carpet, I think is pretty um, substantial uh, as we go forward. So... Lead actress, we've got uh, Yasalita Aparicio from Roma, Glenn Close from The Wife, Olivia Coleman from The Favorite, Lady Gaga from A Star Is Born, and Melissa McCarthy from Can You Ever Forgive Me. So this is where I'm putting my wallet down on the table. All right. Big wallet. Do you want to know yet, or do you guys want to have Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. So you you know what you got. Give this it. This is going to Lady Gaga. Okay. I'm putting my wallet down on the table for Lady Gaga. I, I, I think that she took her talent as a musician and she's been kind of slowly metamorphosing herself like through the Tony Bennett you know duets 
now she's like getting into movies. I think this is like a a entertainer that people want to see and want to respect, and I think she's gonna earn her dues. Is she kind of like oh she started differently because she was so edgy and such a crazy pop star and crazy I say in just a loose term because people want to brand that. She wore a meat dress. I, I was just gonna say that. I was just gonna say you, that. we can't do edgy in quotes if you wear a meat <laughs> right, dress. Right, right. Meat, meat dress. Fair. But I think she's mature. <laughs> she was legitimately edgy, but she was very talented and she was savvy enough to understand how to make a name for herself. Right. She's a gr- and she's clearly a great musician because, like you said, you mentioned the Tony Bennett stuff. She's um, done elaborate singing. She's done Super Bowl halftime. She's been a world tour star. Now she's an actress. She's like, is she kind of our next sort of Streisand type person? Well, she mm-hmm. is, which is kind of bad. Which means she's gonna just like fade away. But uh, she's gonna almost, have her hot moment, and this is gonna be her hot moment. It's almost the reason I think she will not win. I think of those things. You can definitely draw the parallel to Streisand, and I've thought about that. Did Streisand win for this movie when she did it? She did not, as I recall. I don't think this movie was um, well-received critically in the the 1970s version of it. I'd have to double-check that, and I can look at that right now. I think in the name of a career, we're looking at GC. Well, Glenn, Glenn Close has, like, she's, I'm, she, she probably has some hardware by now, doesn't she? She's never won an Oscar. Oh, really? Good. So when we start talking about a Career Achievement yeah. Award. Yeah, could, yeah, we could see it here. We could and, see it here. and Glenn Close did win the SAG Award, and there's often a lot of overlap between the SAG Awards and the Oscars. And she won the Golden Globe as well, and right? And I think The Wife was not well-received as a film as a whole, um, but her performance has been recognized by um, several different awards. Um, boards. A, a lifetime achievement. Going to, going to the All right, I might well, be wrong. Lady Gaga. So, I'll take your I think. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to go the even money route on this too. I think this is Glenn Close's night. I think she is a lady who has been um, Hollywood royalty for a long time, but has never won that big prize. So uh, how many Oscar winners have boiled a rabbit? So far zero, <laughs> but... She's on the red carpet with a white dress or a red dress. She's winning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, the one that could beat her... the oh, I, Now, I, I love Lady Gaga, and I think that's a, a she's got a real puncher's chance, but I think Olivia Coleman in The Favorite is awfully, awfully good. I've got I've got my Olivia Coleman box checked. She She's my vote... Um, I, I think she deserves to win it. I don't know if she will. It's it's not a, a beautiful role. It's not a glamorous role. But I think she did a great job with with that role and really glued the whole film together. Yeah, I agree. I thought she was fantastic in that. And I think she has a, a real puncher's chance to win in this. Um, so we shall see. Uh, moving on, let's go to Best Actor. Now, this is where it gets interesting, I think. You know, there are years where when we look at Oscar movies, some years the, the, the winner is a movie that, that we don't really want to rewatch ever. I mean, it's the best movie of the year, but that doesn't make it a great movie all time. Um, you know, we saw that a few years ago with The Artist. Like, that's a movie that won. It was artistic. It was interesting, I guess, for what it was. But nobody's ever going to rewatch that. But then you have years where you have several different movies that are just punching you in the face because they're so good. I feel that way about the act, lead actor this year. 
Um, this year's lead actor nominees are Christian Bale for Vice. You're getting 2.1 to 1 on that. Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, 2.2 to 1. Those are the two favorites. Bradley Cooper from A Star is Born, 7 to 1. Viggo Mortensen from Green Book, 20 to 1. Willem Dafoe from At Eternity's Gate at 34 to 1. And that doesn't even include your boy Gosling from First Man, which was outstanding, and John David Washington from Black Klansman, who was fantastic. So just a real tour de force of male actors this year. And, I mean... Obviously, you know who the favorites are, and you just have to, you know, you got to go from there. Does Bale have an, an Oscar yet? Who's that? Bale, yes. So, this, I actually made some notes about this one. Um, th- let me give you the information here. Bale won for The Fugitive. He's got... Um, won for The Fugitive? It's not The Fugitive. I'm sorry, The Fighter. He won for oh, the, the Fighter. Yeah, The Fighter. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. The okay, Fighter. He, he has nominations for American Hustle and The Big Short. All right. Vigo Mortensen has two nominations prior to this for Eastern Promises and Captain Fantastic. Bradley Cooper has three prior nominations for American Sniper, American Hustle, and Silver Linings Playbook. And Willem Dafoe has three prior nominations for Florida Project, Shadow of the Vampire, and Platoon. And Rami Malek, this is his first Oscar nomination, clearly. So, well, this is always a heavy, heavy, heavyweight fight. Best right. actor is always a heavyweight fight. And, and, you know, I'd like to see Defoe back in there. Yeah. I'd like to see him back in there. I mean, Bradley Cooper, I think, is, like, him and Bale are probably, I mean, they're right there with DiCaprio as, like, the greatest actors of our generation. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's like this every year on the on the best actor category. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know who the... Uh, this male guy is. He he played um, Freddie Mercury in oh. Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Amazing. Okay, yeah, well, he was really good. I, I, he was really good in the commercials I saw. Yeah. Because you know, I didn't see the movie. <laughs> but he was the really... Oscar movie I've seen. He was amazing. <laughs> he was yeah. really good in the freaking yeah. commercials. But I don't think he's winning an Oscar. No. I don't think I, 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 it, it, it could be a real stretch. So you're going to. So. William Defoe. That's the elephant in the room. Yeah. I so, mean, Defoe hasn't. I mean, when's the last? What's the last Defoe movie that you actually saw? I've seen, uh, you know, Spider Man because he was in one of those. Yeah, he was like, but he was like a like. A yeah, but but so so I saw him in this one. I saw him in, in At Eternity's Gates, but I, and I wanted to see the Florida Project last year, but I didn't see it. Um, but I haven't seen a ton of his stuff. But every time I see him, he's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. without a doubt. So, yeah. So, are you taking Defoe? Are you but taking the thirty-four Defoe, to one? But is Defoe I'm on the same Defoe. level? Is Defoe on the same level as like a Christian Bale, who is amazing, and a Bradley Cooper, who is just like every guy, solid, know, always just solid, rock solid, solid. He can do anything from like American Sniper to like a music pick, yeah, you know, and everything in between. Right. I mean, is he really the better actor? That's not always the way this goes. Yep. You just got to pick based on what, what we got here. So well, I didn't see any of these movies, so I'm just going to go just go out on a limb. Let's see what Elizabeth says. Well, um, my vote goes to Rami Malek. I think Bradley Cooper does not belong in this category. Hot take. Ooh, wow. And I think uh, Christian Bale, Willem Dafoe, and Rami Malek all had transformative performances in these roles that they're nominated for. And that gives them a lot of that. That carries a lot of weight in my book because I forget that I'm watching Christian Bale or Willem Dafoe or Rami Malek, and I believe they are the person that they are portraying, which I think um, 
th- th- that carry some some value. For yeah, me. all three of those are people too who were historical figures who you could can kind of lose yourself in that um, idea so, too. So, do we compare Christian Bale to what Gary Oldham did in the Churchill movie? Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Oh. It, it's a similar kind of a thing. Yes. Yeah. And see, I don't know. Does anybody know what Rami looks like in real life? Uh, very similar to what he looked like in Freddie yes. Mercury, except for with some different <laughs> he teeth. He had some right. teeth situation. So my opinion on this is, um, I think this is, like I said, a heavy hitter category. I am going to disagree with my esteemed colleague and say that Bradley Cooper does belong in this category. I thought his performance was great. He played his own music. He sung his own songs. He delivered a nuanced performance and so i love bradley cooper in this role and i think he deserves to be in this final five i actually think the the academy got the final five right the only other one i would consider maybe sliding in there's john david washington but i think they got it right um i'm gonna say gosling we already covered that but yeah Yeah. he he belongs in here first man first man yeah yeah. so you know that's that's the one that i might slide in but I think they got it right with those five. Now, I'm not going to give Bradley Cooper the Oscar. Who I think will win is Christian Bale. Who I think should win is a full-on coin flip between Christian Bale and Rami Malek. I'm going to bet on Malek, and the reason I'm going to bet is... And Bale and Malek are two kind of characters that Hollywood loves, right? Like, Like on two different levels. Malek is this performer, this artist, this troubled soul, this revered musician. So you've got this side of it, and then you've got Dick Cheney played by Bale, who is this sort of demonized figure of the right wing and that, that, that they like to, to kind of go well, at. Here, here's the other thing that the Academy likes to do, Jim, is everybody knows Christian Bale Every performance he does, or 75% of the performances he does, are going to be Oscar worthy. Correct. He's going to be up, he's going to be invited back to, you know, the theater many, many times. You know, Rami, this might be his one shot. It might be. That's right. And sometimes the Academy will give it to the one guy that, like, you know, that, like, is it going to be back ever again? I was going to say, if you boil it down to Bale and Malik, Malik, it's Malik. All right, so Nate, what's your bet? What, what are you picking? Oh, where's are, are we actually getting? Are we? Are, are we? Do we get points on the odds we're taking? Yeah, on the odds you're taking. Right. So, like, if you want to take a flyer on somebody. I, yeah, I, I might take a flyer on this one. Yep. Because um, you're not going to get paid well on 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 Bill or May like either way. I'm going to take Mortensen. Okay. I'm just and just because he he's a guy that I think a lot of people don't really think is like an Oscar worthy actor that maybe like it's his time. I mean, he's obviously he's been nominated. He's, this is times. his third nomination and he's a great actor. He's one of my favorites and I loved his performance in Green Book. It's one of the best roles he's ever had, I think. Yeah, I'm taking a flyer, but that's where I'm going to go. All right, good yeah. enough. All right, next up, let's go to best director. So we've got Spike Lee and Black Klansman at 8 to 1, Cold War 20 to 1, The Favorite at 25 to 1. Roma at one to nine, which means you're getting eleven cents back on your dollar, kids. Uh, and Vice at twenty-five to one. Um, so, anybody got an opinion? Anybody want to jump on this? So I, I want to say just based on our discussion so far, we're talking a little bit about career performance and who is worthy of the Oscar. And I think in this category, Spike Lee is the 
the nominee who is the most worthy, who has never had any recognition before in the best director category. I think he's had two prior nominations. Correct. But neither one of those for directing. Um, and in my mind, he has an amazing body of work and maybe one of the best directors in Hollywood, but yet has not been recognized. I really liked Black Klansman. I think it's difficult. It's um, sort of a comedic take in some ways on a really difficult topic um, and it's really well done and the characters are well developed and I enjoyed watching that film although it is difficult I'm not sure that I would watch it three more times I think Spike Lee's body of work is is really wonderful yeah I, I agree a hundred percent I think I think Corone's gonna win for Roma I think he is going to win I think you can argue that he should win but if I were gonna take place a vote my vote would be Spike Lee for Black Klansman this is a brilliant movie as, as brilliant as Roma is too it's a brilliant movie um, but I, those are the two to me that stand out in terms of what they have done with their ideas and their cinema and I think Spike Lee has made this immensely powerful movie that is also comedic in a lot of spots. And there are great acting performances throughout. Um, and like you said, when we finished that movie, you said, that was awesome and I never want to watch it again. And I think that is a really powerful thing if a movie can take you to that place. Now, I think Roma's great. And I think Coron's going to win unless the Academy has three amigo fatigue because Coron and Del Toro and uh, Inyaratu have dominated this decade in terms of directing Oscars. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I would probably, I think Roma probably wins. I would go with Spike Lee, and I'm going to bet Spike Lee on my bet because I'm going to get 8-1 to one versus uh, 11 cents on the dollar. Well, you know, Spike Lee did get nominated for Do the Right Thing, and he did that documentary for Little Girls, but that was a long time ago. Yep. You know, but I mean, he's also been quiet for a while, too. And, you know, once again, haven't seen it. <laughs> but, um, you know, but you think about, like, all the other ones, you know, Paul Lukowski, you know, he's, he's won before. He's actually won a foreign film mm -hmm. for Ida. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's won a long foreign film for Ida. I don't know what the person that directed The Favorite, Lathamos, or however you say his name, I don't know what he, I don't think he's really won much. He's the dark horse, though, here. That, that's a great movie, and he could sneak in there and get that. Yeah, I mean, and Karan's been involved with Harry Potter movies. He was involved with that big movie Gravity with Sandra Bullock. Gravity is a, is a brilliant movie. He won director for that. That's a beautiful yeah, movie. It, right, and then and Vice is Adam McKay, mm -hmm. who, you know, was super involved. Well, what was he? He was like big short yeah. and stuff like that, and he's kind of new to the game. But he's like was a, you know came in pretty hot. You, know, I don't really know where to go with this one, personally. Mm -hmm. You know because I didn't see any of these movies. Um, but I, I think Spike Lee should win one. Yeah. I, 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 and once again, I know I keep falling back to this. The Oscar needs to pay their dues. The, the career, right? Body you know, body of work type stuff. But it's like I, I think that's okay. I, I think that's I okay too. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. This this landscape we have in Hollywood now is uh, in large part because of pioneers like Spike Lee, and it would be nice yeah. to see him get his due at this point for yeah. for a movie that is maybe the best one he's ever done. No, yeah, no. I, I, so you're taking Spike. I'm gonna take Spike. I know I'm not gonna win any money off of it, but, but you know, if he hits though, it's eight to one. So. It's eight to one. I'm I'm just gonna do it out of principle. All right, good job, good man, Jill. What are you going with? Uh, not seeing these feels like directing. Mm -hmm. You need to kind of see the movie. Right. So otherwise you go with the 
kind of a legacy like Spike Lee. You're going Spike. So uh, four for Spike Lee. All right. All four of us went for Spike Lee on this one. All right. I mean, Elizabeth's kind of compelling. Yeah, she tells a good story. She spins a good yarn. <laughs> she spins a good yarn. <laughs> all right. Now we've all been waiting. We've all been waiting for. All right. So so here's how we have to do this because once again we haven't seen any of these movies. So as you as you begin to describe these movies, I need like a two minute Jim Nolan snippet. Like give me the plot summary in like two minutes. Got it. Okay, so Black Panther, 34 to 1, superhero movie, uh, African-dominated. Um, we got our first black superhero based out of this fictional country in Africa called Wakanda. And uh, very, very uh, strong African uh, and black power situation so going on. So has a superhero movie ever won an Oscar for Best Picture? I don't think so. It's never even been nominated. Right. Yeah. But okay. but this is a real groundbreaker here. And mm-hmm. I, I think this one has... The the Black Panther won the SAG Award for the Best Cast. Yeah, SAG doesn't really have a Best Picture mm-hmm. uh, award, but for the Best Ensemble, but th- this, this is the is winner. Is this movie worthy of being the best superhero movie to ever to first win an Oscar? Was oh, it that okay. good? It is not, in my opinion, but it is. We are in different times now. We right. have, you know, we don't right. we we have ten pictures we can include in Best Picture. Right. We have a different voting process, which is. Um, if you don't know the Oscar voting process, look that up. It's a very convoluted thing where you rank yours 1 to 10, and then you have to have a majority, and if no film has a majority, whatever was at the bottom, all their votes get kicked out, and then they retally. It's real convoluted. So it's that's like the, World Cup soccer. It, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it, it can create some like some – Yeah, it's weird. Not weird, but it, it just can create some variability. All right, so let's move on. Black's Cla- Black Cla- Black Klansman is about a Colorado police officer who is a black man and his partner who is a white guy, and they infiltrate the KKK in Colorado. There was KKK in Colorado? There was a KKK in Colorado. And huh. so they infiltrate it, and they bring down the KKK. Uh, David Duke in this film is played by Topher Grace, which is a, kind of a sneaky good supporting role, actually. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's really good. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody, you know the story of Freddie of Mercury. Course, yeah, I know that one. Yeah. The favorite is a period piece, um, and it's set in. Uh, what, what, when is that set? That's. Uh, I have no idea what this movie is. Early 1800s, about. is that right? 19, yeah. Early yeah, 1800s? I think that's early 1800s. Yeah, 19th, 19th century. There's a lot of lesbian action. The, yeah. If you only watch the previews. Oh, why, why haven't you seen this? Right. So, but so I'm saying I haven't either, and that's the that's the tone I get. Based on the trailers, it looks like a real dainty period piece. It is not a dainty period piece. No, it's a period piece where there's a lot of modern stuff thrown in there. Like they go to court to dance, and you know they would normally dance and have their hands to one another, and then the next thing you do, they're like kind of twerking on each other, and it's mm-hmm. it, it like it it sort of takes this. Period. What's the story? Is it like a love story? Is it like so? It's a, a story about Queen Anne. Somebody die in the war, and so it's Queen Anne, right? Mm-hmm. Queen Anne and her like kind of um, her her lady, who's uh, attendant, and they're sort of lovers, but they're also you know she and Queen Anne's kind of got some some illness and some madness, and so this lover, this friend, is sort of running the country in her stead, and then Emma Stone comes in. And she is uh, to slide her way back into some aristocracy. She so, has arist- aristocratic roots, mm-hmm. and she ends up ultimately unseating um, Rachel Weisz as the queen's favorite. So that's well, the whole story. Of course, if you had to choose between Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone, I mean, duh. No. Yeah. 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 
Okay, Green Book is about a jazz musician from New York City, played by Mahershala Ali, going on a tour in the Deep South during Jim Crow. He is, he has to hire a, a driver who is a rough guy, which is Vigo Mortensen. He's beefed up. He's put on weight. He's this Italian uh, uh, bouncer at uh, the Copacabana. It was the Copa, wasn't it? What that where he was? That was one of the places. Yeah. I think he he, he started the Copa and they were shutting down for renovations. And he goes anyway. He he he's a well-known uh, enforcer, and so he's the driver. But he's also very racist in the beginning of this movie. And as he, so he stays, gets converted. he gets converted. You get like a white boy, like 50s, 60s, converted. Uh, yeah. yeah. Correct. I, I don't know about converted. I mean, I've told that story before. He he remains flawed. He he no. becomes. I, I, he, I've seen ads about this one. I know what you're talking about. I didn't real. I never realized that was Vigo though. I yeah, that's Vigo. It's really good. It's really good. Roma is a movie that uh, Alfonso Alfonso Cuarón shot. This it's um, he ended up doing his own cinematography in this, I think, and uh, it was set in Mexico City during the late '60s and early '70s during his childhood, and it's a tribute to his nanny, who he still remains close to today, and it's all about you know her role with the family and her struggles in within that context of that time uh it's a beautiful movie it, it's an absolute beauty of a film so yeah. this is just one of those movies so what time of day what day of the week do you watch roma so it's a slice of life it's not one that you want to watch it like if you're ready to fall asleep don't start it because you'll, you'll not you're, you're gonna not also yeah Pro tip, don't watch it while you're doing a puzzle because it's got subtitles. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, this is a subtitle movie? Oh. Yeah. You have to read this movie? Out, done. I'm crossing that up right now. I don't have to read any movie. In terms of an Oscar, that just went up a that, 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 Yeah, the, the Academy subtitles? loves uh, Yeah, Academy oh. loves when you have to read a freaking movie. Yeah. Oh. That... It's just nah, I have no interest in seeing this one. Okay. It's pulled me in, even on the description. Nah, I have I don't not seen. Movie. I'm gonna repeat, we have mm. not seen any of these. You know, I feel about reading the screen. I know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our, our audience, our audience knows how you feel. Is there a kid in this movie? Because I would make it ten times. Well, Corona is one of the kids, apparently. Oh so. gosh, reading and kids, I'm out. You're out. All right. For that reason, I'm out. For that reason, I'm out. All right. So, Star is Born. You know the story of a Star is Born, right? Let me say this about A Star is Born. Every, every year there's one or two movies I watch, and I watch them and I walk out of the theater or I finish the, the DVD or whatever. No, I don't have a DVD. What am I talking about? <laughs> like it's 2019. Yeah. I finished the stream. Did, did you watch your uh, VHS tape? Yeah. yeah. Did you anyway, anything important? <laughs> not, not this time. So anyway, I, I walk out and I think, man, I want to go back in and watch that movie immediately. That was one this year for me. You know, last year it was I, Tanya, uh, Hell or High Water a couple of years ago, American Hustle. There's always this movie that I want to go back and rewatch immediately. Star and, is Born? Yes. So how much of that movie... So here's my problem with Star is Born. Obviously, I haven't seen it. How much of the movie is people singing? 25%? 20%? That's not too bad. 16%? It's not, it's not a musical. Not okay. It's not a musical. It's, it's not... <laughs> The story is not told through song. Yeah, yeah, it's not even 25%. It's like, it's like 14. I'm going to watch this one in 2022. Okay, all right. I'll get around to it. Anyway. That helps. Loved it. And then Vice, of course, is the story of Dick Cheney. I want to see this one. We almost saw that, but we waited. We waited. Okay, so the synopsis is in. Elizabeth, what do you want to talk about with any of these? So my vote in this category goes to the favorite. I think um, Star is Born 
I loved that movie. I loved the performances by both Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. I'm not sure that it's a best picture worthy movie. I also want to just talk about for a minute the popular film category that came up last year for the Oscars and there was some debate about whether to add a popular film category or not and the decision was made not to add it but it could come back up in a few so what few was years. The, what was the controversy whether there should be a popular film like you'd have a best film and then you'd also have a popular have a, film mm-hmm. kind of like a viewer's choice so award like almost MTV awards all almost of a yes you slime some people like so, you, that's like what do you get yeah so so the academy decided not to add this category okay. yeah. but this crop of Best Picture nominees makes me wonder if the Academy has snuck it in on us um, nonetheless, because Black Panther, not sure that's Best Picture worthy. I see it's a good movie. It's I see its cultural significance. I'm not sure it's Best Picture worthy. It grossed $700 million at the box office when I checked. Well, so did every Star Wars movie that ever comes out. That- Star is Born and Bohemian Rhapsody, also two of the biggest box office hits of 2018 they're also in the running here typically we don't see the big box office hits being in the running for best picture so it kind of makes me wonder if we've got a little bit of populism sneaking in here to the best picture nominees um, which I and I, I don't do necessarily you the, do you think the Academy is doing that on purpose that well that's my yes. question yeah, that's my question. Yeah. I think that's yeah. why they ex- they've expanded. Nobody wants to, to watch a four-hour show on a Sunday night in February about a bunch of movies that nobody's ever heard. Of. I think that's why they wow. expanded the the potential list to ten well, as opposed to five. Years, right, but I think that was part of that. Yeah. But for me, the favorite is it's a it's a woman-driven, woman-centered film. The characters are women, and not only are they women, but they're women that we see their their struggles with power we see their flaws we see that they're not always attractive um it's it's a really multi-layered story centered around women and i appreciate it in that way and it's also a story well told it there are some very dramatic parts you laugh a little bit you want to cry a little bit um and the characters really draw you in vice i think does not belong on this list I think it's in there for, for some popular reasons. It has a lot of political anger. I think McKay kind of jumped the shark with this one in terms of well, what, what he's it doing. Well, they such an Oscar movie. When they put it out, like December 11th or something. It, it, like, it opened it on such, Christmas Day. Yeah, it was such a, oh, we're playing this for the Oscars, totally, which annoys me totally when movies do that. Political. But it's political, it's political anger to the extreme, so much yeah. so that as I was watching it, I thought this movie has, they've gone so far that... It's lost any credibility. It's right. lost its focus. Right. So it's, I probably don't want to see it. And, no, you probably don't. Honestly, it's it's almost like a Michael Moore film. Honestly, it's, oh, really? yeah, it's that, that close. It's close it's, to I that. I see that in the preview. I see that in the preview. Uh, and and actually, I read, I watched really a snippet of a preview and could could grasp that. So. And I think certainly Dick Cheney and his rise to power and yeah. his role. Agreed. I think it does a good job on that, but but it it shifts at some point and sort of hangs every bad thing of the last thirty years on Dick Cheney's right. shoulders. That just doesn't. It so just it's not real. It's absurd. It, it's absurd. Mm-hmm. That's absurd. That's, no, yeah. and and I'm not saying there's not criticism to be leveled right. there, but but, but there's criticism everywhere at that level of administration. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's got some weird stuff in it too. There's a scene where Dick Cheney and and Lynn are in bed 
going to sleep and they start speaking in sort of Shakespearean They, they start quoting verse. Shakespeare to one another. In, Except in this I don't weird. think it's actual quotes. It's not? It's no, not. it's just, the. It's I, I think this is right. It's not gibberish. It's their, their, it's their dialogue, but they're delivering it to one another in iambic pentameter like they're delivering Shakespearean lines. But I don't think they're actually quoting Shakespeare. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, you just decided, told me I don't want to watch this movie now. You, you will effing hate that movie. <laughs> Straight up. It's, it's a hard uh, one, guys. It's of it, though, with the, uh, the uh, you know, hmm. when you look at... Uh, the I'm, concept sounds good, right? Well, but even when you look at the some of the previews, it's like kind of funny. I mean, if you're looking at it from a tongue-in-cheek standpoint, but I think that's where you can take it as tongue-in-cheek or it becomes reality, which is... I'm I'm glad I saw it. I think Christian Bale it did an amazing job in that. It becomes the like you know Tuesday night night you know late night show. It really does play more like a Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. sketch. Yeah. Totally burn somebody out yeah. than it does a a viable. So it's, film. it's lazy history. I, lazy or just overly aggressive? I'm not maybe. sure that lazy is the right word, but overly aggressive overly is more aggressive, correct. Fair enough. So, so you, right, you you're going to take the favorite. Do you think the favorite will win, or who do you think will win? You're taking the favorite and you're betting, and that's your bit. Your who you like, but I think Black Panther might win, but I think that's um, not my vote. That's thirty-four to one. Yeah. Seems like the popular vote. So, I um, I agree with Elizabeth on some of the populism aspect of, of this. Um, I thought Bohemian Rhapsody. It was not an elite film. I think it's good, but it's a biopic, and uh, I found myself... Biopics do well. They do, but I found myself watching it thinking, eh, in spots. Like, okay, all right, like, let's... Hold on. Yeah, it's... I can't see it winning. It's not going to win. It's not going to win. That's the one movie you've actually seen. And I loved it. Personally, I loved it as a... It's entertaining. Oh, Extremely and and the one thing they do brilliantly in this film is recreate the set at Live Aid. That is amazing. Oh. But there are some historical oh, inaccuracies yeah. that even watching right. it, I was like, this is not historically accurate. And then there are more as you get into it. But anyway, it, it's fine. It's a biopic. It's entertaining. It's not a best picture contender. Yeah. I feel the same way about Black Panther. It's fine. It's entertaining. It's not a best picture contender. Everything else I think is legitimate. Uh, I think who do I think will win? I think Roma will win. But who do I think? I think Roma will win. Who do I think should win? I would probably give it to Black Klansman again. I thought that was the most impactful movie that I watched this year, and uh, it's it's not one that I'm going to want to rewatch a lot. But I thought uh, everything that Spike Lee did with that movie was brilliant and. I loved everything about it. I think the favorite is great. If the favorite wins, I'll have no problem with it. If Roma wins, I'll have no problem with it. But but I think Roma wins, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, because I'm going to get 10 to 1 on Black Clans, but I'll take that one. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think Roma and The Favorite are, are both awesome. There There's some really good ones in this list. Uh, Roma and The Favorite actually each had 10 nominations across the Oscar nominations. Um, and do you know what the record is for the most nominations? Titanic or Lord of the Rings? So it's 14. 14 nominations per movie is yeah. the record. And three movies hold that level of nomination. It's All About Eve. Okay. Titanic. Okay. And La La Land. Oh, La La Land. Okay. All About Eve won six. Titanic won 11. And La La Land won six. So you six. think we have a sweeping night? I don't, I don't know. I think it's interesting to look at the... 
the two here, the favorite and Roma, that each have 10 nominations across the board. And think about what that means about well, those films and about the yeah historical historical context. That's very interesting. The one thing I'll say is the year Titanic won. It was kind of a garbage year for movies. If you go back and look at what it was up against, there was not a lot there that was that was really really good. That's important to look at. Yeah. And this year, I, I, we've talked about. There's some great stuff out there. So now we go to the uh, to to our oracles who've not seen any movies. <laughs> Except I saw. Except that one time you saw one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock that one out. But I, I still stand. I stand with Roma. You're gonna go Roma. Mm -hmm. Okay, Roma's uh, two to one. So that's you know, I mean, like that's that's like Pat Day riding at Keeneland back in the day. Like okay, all right. I'm not a big risk taker. So here's my question to you: Were these the best movies of the year, or were there movies that were left out? Well, there that were movies. On this list. There were movies that were left out, but I think that all of these were legitimate inclusions. I don't think what any of them. What movies were left out? Well, we talked about First Man. We First talked Man. about yeah. um, uh, yeah, Beautiful Boy. We talked movie. about um, Quiet Place was good. Um, Leave No Trace. You talked about. Um, you know, th there are movies that, that are left out. There are always movies left out, but I don't right. think that you could. When you take a film for what it is, and me personally, when I look at a movie, I look at. What's the story? How is the acting? What is the music like in it? What is the cinematography like in it? When you add all that stuff up, I think the Academy got eight of the best films. Like, they probably got eight of the ten best movies in here, right? Like, they, they probably could have gone, picked two more. They probably could have left one out or whatever. But I think it's, it's pretty close to what's best. Don't you? Would you agree with that? I think so. Uh, but I think there's, there's room to grow here. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, That's where it's always tough. It's, it's, it's hard. It's acknowledging yeah. whether or not every, everything's been considered and whether or not there's a bias. I think that's always something we have to think about. But um, at the end of the day, it has to be about the things you talk about is the best picture for all of the reasons. Well, and, and it comes down to your, your nomination pool. Nobody re I'm not going to say nobody remembers but people remember who wins, not everybody that was nominated. So if the Academy does the right job and awards the movie that should win for the right reason, because like you were saying, Jim, it was the best directed, the best script, the best actors, the then the Academy got it right. Mm -hmm. And that's all we can hope for. But I think when we have a 91% white Academy as of 2016, I don't know if that's still right, there are, there are cultural right. biases, biases implicit in right. what is nominated and and I I think that just is what it is and there, and there's a there are cultural factors that impact what our thoughts are and what does well at the box office but you can't say that the academy sitting there as a mostly white mostly male board is without bias in nominating so uh, here's my question so the Academy Awards are coming up pretty soon. Well, yeah, hang on. Before before that question, you've got to pick one. Why well, have I not picked? You have not picked. You are still on. You're, you're still you're still on the clock. I was trying to defer. I'm going to go with Roma. I okay. Mean, it's, I, th I think Roma. When I when I when I filter through all the garbage, I've never. I I don't even know what Roma is about. I don't see it, but it's a two to one odds. 
And I just, I, I think that, like, you know, I don't know. I just think that might be where it lands. I think uh, that's a solid bet. It, yeah. mm-hmm. Playing the favorite. Yeah, playing the favorite on that one. Yeah. I took some I took some risk, uh, risks. Took some early. risks early? Yeah, yeah. This was yeah. a payoff. So did you get like a bonus point for uh, like best picture? And now I'm just trying to sell my point. No, you do not get a bonus point. For, you get a bonus point. You get a bonus if you if all of your picks hit. I'll give you a bonus for that. But otherwise, <laughs> it's just like real gambling. You, you bet your bet and that's it. So let's just go through it real quick. As we as we wrap, Jill, what's your favorite movie of all time? Wow, that's a big <laughs> <number>. <laughs> Wow. All right, we'll come back to you, yeah. Jim. What's your favorite movie of all time? Godfather. Godfather. Wow. It's, a, it's a hard one, but I might have to say Charade, the old Audrey Hepburn, Cary Grant film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Last of the Mohicans. Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> 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 When Harry met Sally. <laughs> um, gosh, I, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. And I, I think mine's the only one that really didn't get nominated because she's obviously won tons of awards. I think Leslie Mohicans was nominated for Best Picture. Was it nominated I think for so. Best Picture? I think okay, so. I can look at that. And, and, the, and the first film we did on uh, Is That Movie Still Good was Cape Fear, which was nominated for Best Picture but did not win. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Gosh, there's so many categories to... Well, just just give just one. Pick. Just what's like, your best movie? It's all, it's all right. What's what's that one that you like? The the, the the crazy one. The, that weird little red riding hood. The weird red riding one that you love. Yes, like yes. Keeper yes. Sutherland. Right. Right. Plug your movie right now. Oh, give yeah. it. Keeper Sutherland. Oh, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, freeway. Right. That's a great one. And I don't even know if you can get that on DVD or Blu-ray anymore. Yeah. Jim will get on his VHS player. Right. I, I watched that because it's my friend's favorite movie, oh and an hour in, I thought, well, it's too late to turn back now. <laughs> I'm already on the freeway. That's right. That was pre-24, right. Kiefer. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, so that's it. That's a wrap. We have our Oscar picks. We've discussed them. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on this journey with us. This has been kind of fun. We're trying out some new equipment, so if the sound is weird, I apologize. If the sound is awesome... I take full credit, so it's awesome. Uh, th- uh, look us up wherever you find your podcasts. Also, uh, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Um, we've got Nate and I've got a couple more movies in the hopper that are coming up to wrap up the season, uh, so it's going to be really fun. Um, we'll give you the the wrap up on who won in a later podcast after the Oscars air. I hope everybody enjoys the Oscars. I hope everybody loves this Oscar season. It's one of my favorite times. I love watching these movies and talking about them. Thanks for coming along with us. Well, wait, wait, wait. They should send us, if somebody surprises them during the end, uh, Mirandum or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. yeah. There's any surprises during the, like, the Yes, if, if there's anybody the that you thought was already <laughs> dead, send it to me. Yeah. Just get at me on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Because we know that's the best part. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jill, for coming and, and hanging out with us. Elizabeth, thank you for coming and giving us commentary and discussing it with us all. This has been so much fun. I love it. I'm really disappointed that the Patriots won tonight, but otherwise we've had a great time. So thanks a lot, and we'll see you soon on Is That Movie Still Good?